0: I'm Marianne Kolbisak mcgee of Information Security Media Group. I'm here speaking with Kathy Hughes, who is CISO of Northwell Health in New York. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Marianne. How are you? (laughs) Good. Thanks so much for doing this. So, Kathy, we have seen a growing swell of large health data breaches this year involving third-party vendors of all types. What sorts of third parties pose the biggest concerns for you and why?
1: Well, I mean, all healthcare, all uh, third-party vendors do pose risk, but those that primarily keep copies of your PHI, or your very confidential, sensitive information, or your personal identifiable information, or even credit card data, those those organizations that, on your behalf, manage your data, really pose most risk to the organization.
0: How about the vendors that don't necessarily handle the you know, EHRs, but maybe they handle imaging or. Uh, cloud-based services or uh, HVAC. How much does that kind of play into the sort of the security
1: risk that they pose? So uh, as I said, all all vendors do pose risk just because you don't have direct control and oversight of what they do and how they do it. So it's very important before you onboard any type of third-party vendor that you do perform some type of an assessment or evaluation to make sure that they meet your minimum security standards. So whether they're any an EMR provider or any type of provider that just uh, you do business with that has any type of sensitive information. You have to ensure that you have the appropriate controls in place, and then not only initially to do an initial assessment, but to have those ongoing assessments to make sure that they still comply with those standards and controls, because the threat landscape does continually change, which means that the vendors have to change, and also we have to change in how we monitor them.
0: And are there any top cybersecurity challenges that you're facing in particular for third parties? Are any types of vendors in particular? Any types of concerns that you have about the
1: sort of risks that they propose that are most disconcerting? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's been, a lot of, there's been a lot of publicity over the past year or so about third parties who have been breached and when there's any type of third party breach or incident that occurs that, that you're relying on to perform certain services that causes disruption, it causes operational disruption so to compensate for that you have to make sure that you have appropriate business continuity plans in place and that you can continue to provide clinical care services or whatever other types of services that that vendor would provide in case they do have a disruption. So of course that's top of mind always is making sure that no matter what happens that you can continue to operate and, and, also, and that, that just becomes a very important focus area um, into the foreseeable future.
0: And when it comes to cybersecurity vulnerabilities, that third-party software, medical devices, and other such products that do
1: get identified and or exploited, what worries you the most? Well, it's making sure that you understand what the risks are and you, because you can't boil the ocean. You have to prioritize what you remediate and what you focus on. And the best way to do that is taking a risk-based approach. And a risk-based approach meaning Well, if there are certain, say, medical devices that provide life support type services that have some type of vulnerability and that happen to be on your network, you want to make sure that those devices are remediated sooner than later. So it's looking at what the risks are or what the vulnerabilities are that have been identified and then using a risk-based approach to prioritize what you remediate and how you remediate or mitigate the risk and uh, it's just a continual process because there's new threats and vulnerabilities that come out every day so it's it's not not something that you can set it and forget it it's something that has to be consistently evaluated
0: is it hard to keep track of all the various vulnerabilities that get disclosed and then prioritize what to tackle first there's only so much so many hours in the day so many people to do this
1: how do you go through that how do you assess like what to approach first mm-hmm. thought- actually it's a three-pronged approach so the first is that when you're bringing something new into the organization whether it's a new service software medical device you want to do an upfront evaluation you want to understand how this particular vendor meets those standards and baselines that you have set, and if there are gaps to work with them on, to remediate them. The second is, as you mentioned, is to look, are there any, is there any published information about threats that are out there that you should take into consideration? Any kind of notices, recalls, or any type of vulnerability that has remediation for an existing device? And then the third way is to just do vulnerability assessments, is to constantly scan these devices to see based on what's going on in the world and what new vulnerabilities have been identified, which are applicable in your environment. So using those three approaches, you try to mitigate the risk using the information that you have available so that you can make sure you're focusing on the right things at the right time.
0: And are there
1: any best
0: practices that maybe other organizations aren't using that you have found effective that could help other organizations if they were to apply those same best practices in terms of managing vendor risk?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's having formal documented processes is very important. And to make sure you have a repeatable process so that you're not just doing it once that you're constantly assessing and also you have to have people to do this and and technology as well there's tools that can help you scan for vulnerabilities where you can track remediation efforts, but you also need to have support and collaboration from the other teams because typically the security department isn't the isn't the team that's going to actually do the remediation. You have to rely on, say, your desktop support team or your server team and your network team or even your clinical engineering team to remediate the issues. And so it's a, it's a, there's a lot of uh, relationship building that needs to take place and uh, communications and collaboration that needs to take place so that you're all have the same common goal and objectives of mitigating risk to the extent you can.
0: On a slightly sl- different topic, we, as we know, we see a lot of consolidation in the healthcare sector. We see a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Northwell has had its own share of growth through mergers and acquisitions. Any lessons or advice that you might offer to other healthcare organizations involving cybersecurity issues in the pre and post stages of mergers and acquisitions?
1: Yeah, so we have a very uh very well thought out, documented uh, process for doing that because that is a real risk. When you typically, when you buy an organization, you don't know what you're buying necessarily. So it's really up to you to understand, to ask the same types of questions you would ask a third party, pretty much a third party vendor, about their security controls, their practices, understanding the inventory and the systems that are in use, any prior breaches that might have occurred, is really collecting all that information. And then when you get to the the contracting state, and you are actually onboard them. You want to make sure that you're you're limiting the type of access that to, until you can remediate the issues that might have been identified during that process. So, for example, you might want to only open up the capability for the other for the newly acquired organization to access email or to access a time and attendance system. And then over time, as you are able to remediate issues and bring the systems up to your standards or migrate them onto your existing enterprise platforms, that's when you would, uh, you know, open up more and, and integrate them more. But establishing firewalls between the two organizations and allowing only certain types of communications is a way to kind of address the short-term needs as you're working towards the more strategic ones. And making sure that in the contract also, when you're buying the organization, that you have certain commitments and disclosures and of information that's being provided. That it's that it's accurate and that it's complete to their you know the best of their knowledge.
0: And finally, Kathy, any predictions regarding the top cyber challenges you predict will be facing the healthcare sector in the year ahead?
1: Yeah, well, we've we've all seen that uh, you know ransomware is a very lucrative method for threat actors to gain unauthorized access to systems, and there's no there's no there's not it's not going to be ending anytime soon. Um, I think we're starting to also see, as I know, as, as, an, as an organization, but also in the industry. That threat actors are starting to use more manipulative type of social engineering tactics. So we're starting to see more voice phishing or vishing type attacks. We're starting to hear about smishing attacks, which is the texting that we're we're seeing, and and that's really the the toughest type of threat to combat because you're really relying on people as the last line of defense to. to to be able to determine whether or not this is something that could be potentially fraudulent or legitimate. Well, you know, we're also seeing uh, how, especially since COVID, kind of the remote workforce and the shift to the cloud also introduces all kinds of new risk that wasn't really around two, three years ago, uh, pre-COVID. So that's gonna continue. And then getting healthcare out to the home and out to the patient through telehealth, these just all different, method or changes in the way we operate as a healthcare organization that are going to drive change and innovation, as well as in, introduce new types of risk into the organization that we have to be mindful of and make sure that we address appropriately.
0: Well, Thank you very much, Kathy. I've been speaking to Kathy Hughes. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.